I am a little bit of a pessimist, and you are. You know, well, we know that. But that's my job. You're supposed to bring the positivity here. Munster, not one of the best teams in the world at the moment. The Red Seventy Eight with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Okay, Sarah Donovan is with us. Sarah, you were listening to uh, Tommy Walsh saying this was the best game he has watched in the flesh. Obviously, he's been part of some games himself, which would stand comparison with the Munster Hurling final, but not far off it. I agree with them. It was an incredible spectacle from the get-go. The noise going around the pitch, the players stayed behind the band for the, the walk beforehand. And as it went through the stands and into the terraces, the flares, the noise, like I was getting nervous. I'm thinking about it now and I'm getting nervous. It was crazy, absolutely crazy. And then the game didn't disappoint. It actually, it, it seemed to start late as well because uh, the referee had to blow for them to get into the parade a couple of times, which was unusual enough. But then obviously, because the, sometimes one team breaks away and they're not going to be a part of it and blah, blah, blah. It's like, all. And, but actually, no, this was, it was real ratcheting head, up the tension. Like real heads up. They were all walking like soldiers around the pitch. Nobody left. It was absolute concentration. The game didn't start till about 4.03 or 4.04 because of that. And as soon as the ball was thrown in, it just went nuts. Yeah. Um, did we learn anything about the two teams other than they are the best two teams and hopefully we're entering a golden age of a new rivalry that will inspire the whole country again? I, the intensity that Clare had in the first half, Limerick slightly struggled to match even though they were level six or seven times, right? It, the midfield for Clare, Ryan Taylor, um, I thought he was exceptional in the first half. There's a bit of a frustration, I'd say, for Willow Donoghue and Darrow Donovan because Declan Hannon sits, Tony Kelly can rove. They've got to pick up three players and they looked like they weren't marking anyone. Now, they obviously got into it later on and Willow Donoghue got that great late score, but it really looked like Limerick's midfield didn't have answers for the Clare midfield and I think that's because the three in the middle was causing them such problems. So that's probably what we learnt about the game was that put in a third midfielder and Limerick struggle. They don't look as dominant. If that third midfielder is a generational talent. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like, a, it, and, and maybe that's the other side of this is that actually what Claire can do is unique to Claire, and so everybody else needs to come up with their own issues. Um, but there, there definitely seemed to be part of it where Limerick were un-Limerick-like uh, when right. they were missing. They were, they were hitting wides, which we don't see. Dermot Burns was off colour. You know, and I suppose that's another thing. In a couple of weeks, he'll now have four weeks to sit back, hit the black spot for four weeks. I don't think he will be as inefficient in four weeks' time. So there's another layer to Limerick. And what was that? What what happened in that? Like, what put them off their game? I can't say they were off their game. I just think that the occasion, you know, was was a massive occasion, and they. They were workmen like that's that's their fourth title in a row. Like not everything is going to go right all of the time. And they still won, and that's the sign of champions. But mm. there's another level in Limerick when you consider they missed so much, and especially Derby Burns. Or is it that Claire put them off? Is it that whatever Claire are doing that there's actually something that they haven't seen over that period of time when they've generally been able to swat teams away? I think it's down to the referee as well. There was a lot that he let go and there was things that were unseen off camera that in other games wouldn't have been left go and there was yellow cards that didn't happen and if I'm being honest Conor Cleary if he was on a yellow card earlier in the game so I think, I think it was 60-65 minutes before he got the yellow card and w- as soon as he got the yellow card because he was hugging Aaron Gillan for 60 minutes right as soon as he got the yellow card Aaron Gillan gets two points off the bat 
because he had to step off because he was in danger of being yeah. sent off. So if those things had happened earlier in the game, those yellow cards had been given earlier in the game, Limerick wouldn't have I, been given, I suppose, so little leeway or yeah. room. Unless unless you do what, um, you know, the uh, football teams do, which is foul, get your yellow card, move on. Somebody else comes, fouls, gets his yellow card, moves on. Well, the rotational yellow cards that we would have seen that would have been pioneered by the great teams. Kilkenny um, excellent at it now I won't say Limerick weren't saints by any means like Shane O'Donnell cut an incredibly frustrated figure because two or three times he broke he was pulled back and he's like remonstrating with the referee saying card, let's yeah. go well, like what's yeah. going on here why aren't I getting my card so it was tit for tat but from the referee's point of view we enjoyed the game immensely but from Limerick's point of view there was definitely areas where they would normally have more room we, we kind of are already talking about the trilogy and what's going to happen when they meet again in Croke Park but there's a lot to go in between now and then and the recuperation from the letdown of the absolute high of Tony Kelly's equaliser to the end of the game from Clare how they manage that now is going to be the hardest part of management uh, the best interview that I read over the weekend afterwards was probably Brian Cody's interview because he said we've four weeks now to sit back get into training we haven't had an opportunity to do what we wanted to do because the games have been coming so thick and fast we get to now watch the Clares the Wexfords the Corks and see what comes through and as you said Clare now have to get over Exford I, I can't see Wexford losing to Kerry and if they do they don't belong in the championship but Wexford are capable of beating big teams if three years ago Wexford could have beaten Tip and could have been All-Ireland champions. You know, Wexford went out three weeks ago, beat Kilkenny against the odds and Kilkenny are three in a row Leinster champions this week. So Wexford shouldn't be written off You just at this never point. know Wexford. No. They're so hot and cold. Absolutely. So inconsistent but then they put up this massive performance. But they have a punch. They have attacking you know, they've, they've very good attacking forwards. They have Rory O'Connor, Conor MacDonald, uh, obviously Lee Chin. Like they have capability to, to win games. Yeah. So they can't be discounted. Um, and that's the challenge for Claire to get back up to the emotional pitch um, and the physical pitch. And in fairness, it's not next week, so there's enough time for the bodies to recover, you would suspect. Just two weeks, but I just feel that they can't even focus on Limerick now. They, they nearly have to forget that, that whole championship and, and see this All-Ireland Championship as a completely new championship. To be able to bring yourself to a performance level that's going to guarantee you a win over Wexford. If they get over Wexford, there's nothing that they're scared of to stop them. Like, they're presumably not looking at that Kilkenny team going, oh, that's terrible, we have to play Kilkenny. It's like, yeah, bring it on. Yeah, but Kilkenny have learnt a lot again. And like, the basics, Kilkenny get right every time. So the fielding, Kilkenny's fielding the last night was exceptional in Croke Park. Uh, TJ Reid, lads, I, I can't explain. Like, every time I looked up, he was plucking a ball out of the sky. Yeah. And that wasn't just him. Mikey Butler laid on this ridiculous, like, catch out of the sky. So they do the basics so, so well. They're so, so physical. They don't allow team space. They'll enjoy playing Clare if they do get to play Clare. Um, you were on Tony Kelly. We'll talk about the, the uh, Lancer Fund because, as you said, you were at it uh, in a moment. But um, you were on Tony Kelly's side. You had a f- perfect view. And my companion next to me was going, he can't take it. He can't. Like, he, he can't be so selfish to try and do this right now. Ball goes square between the posts and she goes, holy Jesus. He was so calm. Absolutely. He just walked up calm as you like. And I was like, he, he's not even taking time here. He just, there was no fear, no panic, no pressure. There was pressure. a split second where both of us went, 
he surely can't try this. Like he surely should go for the short ball. He's not going to be so selfish here to take this decision well, he for the team. He backed himself absolutely, the whole way. and it was just we were so surprised for for him to do that in that instant. Yeah, yeah, always oh, incredible. M- massive bravery there to yeah. do that, but a, a stunning, stunning score. Uh, does that make him hurt of the year? Is it like very hard for anybody else to get that? Or like are there several of those Limerick lads are going, hang on a second now, hang on, we won the game. By the way, folks, does everybody remember we won the game? I'm I'm with I'm with Tony on this one. And I've probably been with him for about five weeks now. Like the, the hook on Garrett Hagerty early on, the the pick, and then he just makes this space. It was like three or four or five yards of space and he was gone. Like that's for the point. Yeah. Absolutely See, the, the stunning. Po- the the, the uh, sideline is getting rightly all of the praise but that point is kind of Michael Donlan-esque yeah it's, it's at that level it was one of, of the best scores we've seen this year and this is what I'm saying about the frustration that he's caused Will O'Donoghue and Darrow O'Donovan because he's you can't mark him or pick him up because he's he's so his intensity is incredible the other X factor in all this is and the, the point you're making about the midfield being a little bit overrun is that they don't have Keane Lynch in there at the moment who's being their third body who's coming in and causing the same difficulties for the opposition so if they do meet again it's going to be a different Limerick team yeah like Cahill O'Neill scored two points but he doesn't have that same I suppose, he's not as, just as much of a distraction as Keane Lynch is because Keane and tonally are cut from the same cloth so you're right there is another level to Limerick and that's why as excited as we can be right now about opposition we're just thinking about him coming back in and Peter Casey as well yeah and Peter Casey yeah absolutely so on the other side of the draw um, what have you seen at this point from Galway let's let's talk about the the Leinster Hurling final because you know, Galway were many people's favourites for that game on the basis of what had happened and the fact that they were coming forth and how flaky Kilkenny were at home against Wexford. To be honest, I, I kind of wrote the Wexford game off because, like, barring a miraculous series of results, they were clearly already through. Like, I know everybody says there was an opportunity, but there wasn't really. Like, Dublin had done nothing all year to suggest that they were going to be able to recover. So, um, champions don't lose games like the Wexford game and that's why I suppose we were saying that Kilkenny was so, so flaky but I genuinely thought Galway had more in them I was so disappointed with Galway and my frustration and I, Henry Shefflin's frustration they they panned to him a lot on the sideline like they were looking for lots of reaction so we, we got a lot of Henry on the big screen in Croke Park the frustration on his face for the majority of the game and the exasperation. I'm If I was a player in the middle of that field looking out at him, I'd be nervous. And I felt that Galway played like nervous kittens for 60, 70 minutes, you yeah. know. And I, and I wonder, does Henry Shefflin's demeanour on the sideline need to change? Because if he looks stressed and panicked, then that's going to play onto the field. So certainly for the Galway, the, potentially the Cork game, right? Because my worst fear has come through and... Uh, a very sad and sorry goal we are now going to be potentially playing Cork in two weeks time with a point to prove and are Cork going to be ready for Galway that's I suppose the, the thing that's coming down the track for Cork but I, I certainly think Henry Shefflin needs possibly to tape it down on the sideline because it's he, I, that's what he said after the game that the most disappointing part of it all was that they just didn't perform whatsoever you know to, and I think walking away from a pitch knowing we just didn't even show up no you know, not at all yeah you know, that was probably one of the, the biggest things. But I was watching their warm-ups. I don't know if you've seen their warm-ups before the game. And 
watching the two warm-ups, I was so impressed with, with Galway's. You know, they, they were doing a lot of first touch, like one-two, like uh, getting in pairs and running off the shoulder. And it was very in, in, intense. When I was looking down at Kilkenny, I was like, geez, it doesn't seem as intense. So I was like, OK, they're going to start now, like, you know, full throttle. And it was complete opposite. Well, I was uh, training. I coached a team with the Kilkenny man. And we were doing the session last night and he was in Croke Park Saturday night as well. He was taking notes. So he had looked at the Kilkenny warm up and he, say, he said, Sarah, it's never impressed me. And he said, but I, there was a great drill the, the Galway lads were doing. So he'd set up a Y in front of the goal. So I had the girls doing it last night. Yeah, they and had some great see, drills. Yeah, you could see they were, they were hopping. The girls were hopping after the and session. And it's what you want to do before a game. Getting your touch in when I was looking getting down. Touch. Yeah. Uh, like, so mm. I was surprised they couldn't get going then. Really, but, really positive. Yeah, so the, the, but why didn't I work then? What, what? Yeah. <laughs> but that's... Kilkenny's like the way they can ca- handle a game and handle the intensity of a game and just bother lads like they were they bothered Galway so much that Galway started pulling out of tackles they were off their tackling was too high the it was quite stop start it was like it was a poor game in terms of the amount of freeze like TJ Reid scored 12 points from freeze yeah. but outside of that Kilkenny did the basics well and Galway didn't so a lot didn't go Galway's way as well but it you make your own look like the game's refereed differently the game was refereed poorly, to, to my mind, like because it, there was an opportunity to allow some things go, and he was so on the money. I wasn't two minds about that, like because your point about Galan, right? Like, mm. uh, is Galan being wrestled illegally for fifty minutes, fifty-five minutes, actually good for the game, or do you know what I mean? But the the umpires are responsible for Galan's. Uh, position, right? But things that happen out in the middle of the pitch where a lad takes too many steps or, or, or he's perceived to be too strong in a tackle, you can allow that stuff go. But allowing a lad to be wrestled for 60 minutes, that's the umpire's job. And, to, to and call here's the, the thing, if, if, if the referee had blown for all of that, then Galan would have had 12 points from freeze mm-hmm. and we would have said he had a great game. Do you know? Like, uh, and, and maybe that stops the next game. I don't know. But how uh, long, how long does Conor Cleary get? Conor Cleary got Connor clearly got too long. If there's a consistency between the two occasions, then uh, maybe the match on Saturday looks completely different, and maybe the results the same. I don't know. I, I just it's so hard to know what the right thing to do here is. How do you condition players to expect not to foul, or you'll get punished for fouling? So I think that Saturday's game was absent a few goals, right? And that it would have definitely changed the, the makeup of the game. And I suppose as it got, it, it was dour, right? The referee didn't help it. But I, I agree with you. <laughs> you. Like players are, it's it's hard to know where, where to draw the line. Well, is it going to be completely different now that we're in the All-Ireland series and they're like, Asher, sure, look, all that stuff is over. New, new set of rules, lads, have at it. <laughs> Which is basically what happened, right? I'd love to say that the game on Saturday night could have been a better game if there was a better flow to it but I don't know if Galway were ready for it mentally right so uh, I think that the Clare and Limerick game was always going to be a better spectacle but Keenan added to it but Coming away from the Galway Kilkenny game a lot of people were, were, were saying to each other going down for the interviews just never got going stop start stop start those three early chances that Owen Murphy you know obviously saved I, th- yeah, I think true. like the game before it had nine goals 55 mm-hmm. points right it was a rip roaring affair it was too loose you know and that's why I would say Cork when they go to Antrim uh, on Saturday need to get their work done in the first half get in and get out that's a 10 hour round trip to Antrim for Cork and then they have to go out the following week and play Galway not fly up no uh, where would they land two airports <laughs> in Belfast yeah <laughs>
so let's go back to uh, the Galway recovery. Then, how how easy is it for them to recover when you got so when you've got so much wrong over the course of seventy minutes? There's a lot to unpack. So I would not be afraid for Galway about the improvements that they're going to be able to make over the next four, like two weeks. They had no punch in their attack. Mm. Uh, outside of Conor Whelan, there was nothing yeah. happening. Mm. Now, as I said, the likes of Conor Cooney and Joseph Cooney, very unfortunate, you know, because they could have had goal chances early on. Could have been a very different game. So certainly from their point of view, loads to learn, loads of improvements to make. Henry's uh, demeanour on the sideline, if that changes and the boys feel a little, little less nervous, you know, I, I think it's going to be much bigger game and I'd be worried for Cork because of the reaction that Galway are going to have to bring. And on that side of the draw, if everything goes the way we think it is, we're probably going to have we should have a on form, you would expect that it might be a Limerick Galway semi. Yes. No, it would be, oh well I'm not going to write off Cork yet. I was listening to the lads, nobody's writing off anyone. Tommy keeps going for Kilkenny I'm the only one who seemed to be going against my own but I just can't discount this Galway team so yeah you're right and if that happens uh, is there because they'd be massive underdogs at that point but we've always thought that they had the physicality to match I don't know if they still do but um, without Joe Canning um, I don't know if Galway's attack is as potent as it was in 2017 2018 2019 when they were actual contenders against Limerick alright so at this stage Limerick in your power rankings number one Clare two Kilkenny three yes is it close between Kilkenny and Clare yes but Kilkenny are physically bigger men than Clare Clare are short men like they're incredibly fast and efficient but they're short uh, Garrow Tigert he was running through the last year it looked like there was three lads running off his hips like they're short men so that Kilkenny team have that that height and physicality over Clare which could be the difference alright Sarah good stuff thanks very much for that OTB AM with Gillette get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar